we just want to give a huge shout out to Sirenscape for providing all the music and the atmosphere uh, for this. You can check them out at uh, www.sirenscape.com. You've got to be using it at your gaming table. It does a great job bringing the entire story to life through the NPCs and music. And so again, just a huge shout out to Sirenscape um, for having this great music available for us. Thanks. Okay, and welcome back to another one of our character portraits. And today we are going to be learning a little bit about Gregorius and his player, Chris. And so uh, for uh, the next little bit here, we'll talk about that. We're going to have uh, Chris tell us a little bit about himself, how he got into role-playing, and then a little bit about Gregorius, and then we'll hear a story from back. Um, so without... Uh, Without further ado, Chris, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm a human male, and I rolled for... No, I'm just and you have um, commoner, commoner stats, right? <laughs> commoner stats. Um, I'd probably be a good baker or something if, if I had a profession. So you're an expert, <sighs> right? Right. Um, I've been doing Pathfinder for three to four-ish odd years. I was neighbors with somebody who was really into this stuff. And secretly, I don't know, some dude. Um, Secretly, his whole motive in life was to get everyone he possibly could, especially me, involved in these things because I'm awesome and I'm fun to be around. His name was Jeff. Yep. Yeah, I like to and, introduce people. Right. And um, through him, I was then introduced to some of the other players that we will be playing with and have role-played with them in other campaigns and such. Um, right. Married, have um, moved away from my neighbor, Jeff. Luckily, we're all... We're playing online these days, yeah. partially because of COVID, and part, actually we started that before COVID. So, yep. yeah, we we had several players branch away, yep. and then we continued the games. It's been good. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, Gregorius. Um, let's talk mechanics. Like, what what are you playing? What's his class? Stats, stuff like that. Gregorius Reginald Fizzlewink the Third. We'll try to stay and maintain that voice if I can, just not right now. Um, well, uh, said person earlier who was neighbor um, got into my ear and said that I might enjoy a harrower, or harrower, however you'd like to pronounce it. I'm correct. Doesn't matter. Um, and so I was like, you know what? My last sorcerer died before that and the one before that died and why don't I try and not get one killed and make it into the prestige class of horror that sounds like fun how should I play this well um, I'm not as much into the divination magic I kind of tried that with uh, a character um, but I do like I do like the harrow deck and 
I find that, that stuff's really neat and interesting. And so I like that aspect of the harrower and I like the chance aspect of it. Um, and so I thought either, I, I thought it would work really well with a, a, blaster, ca a blaster caster um, that has high DCs or level dependent. Um, I think that would work really well. And then for the longest time, I like gnomes. I don't get to play enough gnomes. This is only my second gnome. Um, I think they're funny and they enjoyable. I, I like yeah. them a lot. They're probably one of my favorite. Yeah, I, I think elf. of a gnome. Oh, yeah, you like the half-elf? Oh, yeah. Yana was a half-elf. Yeah. Oh, is she? Yeah, she was cool. Um, Red was cool. Her. But um, I digress. Uh Jeff and I played in a different campaign with half elves. Anyway, gnomes make me smile, so let's smile a little bit in this dreary campaign, apparently. Um, that I, I have not played in yet. I have not played in Curse of the Crimson Throne. I have done one session of it previously, and then we switched campaigns subtly. It just happened to something else. So I've only played one session. I hear it's great. Look forward to it. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, looking forward to sorcerer. it as well. Sorry, yeah. go ahead, sorcerer. No, you're good, sorcerer. Um, gnomes are innate magic. They have no magic. During the process of creating other gnomes, looking at stuff, um, like I said, I've only created fully one other, but I have looked at it several times. Uh, I know. I'm sure this is a lot of people. They play the pyromancer. Uh, the, oh, yeah. the pyro gnome uh they change out some of their innate illusion magic and such um to fire magic and the extra bonus of that change oh you lose something else you lose some resistances too but the change um gives you access to at least one level one uh produce flame spell which is the druid list not on the sorcerer's list um but you do so you get it at, the other ones are all basically cantrips this one gives you a level one which is cool um, but it also ups your fire spells by one caster level so doing oh, okay, cool. burning hand you did know that right yeah 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 okay so i ran that by you so burning hands <laughs> at level one i'll be doing 2d4 instead of 1d4 because it's a d4 per level so i'll always have that additional die um, until it hits its cap, of course. Right. Um, same thing with Fireball or whatever else relies on that. Uh, the Produce Flame is 1d6 plus 1 per level. So I'll be a 1d6 plus 2. It lasts for 1 minute per level. So it'll be 2 minutes for me, um, which is the equivalent of 2 balls of fire in my hand. Um, how the spell works. Anyway, yep. so I'll always be one level on my fire spells. So my innate magic and ability is going to be very heavily fire-based. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the blaster caster fire builds. Uh, I'm not going full. I've decided not to do cross-blooded as giant number happy and exciting as that can be. Um, just because. Cool. And uh, 
I am going to try and do uh, the uh, the blood the bloodline I'm doing a sorcerer is the arcane. I've also always wanted to have a familiar, and then improve familiar at seven. Um, house strikes are part of Corvosa and the world that we're going to be in. So at seven, I'm also chaotic good like the house strike. So it fits that way at level seven. I'll yeah, probably go into that. Um, he'll probably be a wand user of some sort in assistance um, using my UMD, uh, that type of thing. Um, I'm going to use the arcane as a meta magic. Um, uh, the part of the bloodline you uh, you get plus one to your DCs if your meta magic is applied to a spell and goes up by at least one level. And so I'll be having an extra. Um, DC from that, so help for people not to pass their their stuff. Cool. And that's generally a character concept. And then when Haro hits, I'm gonna get some random stuff to all that goodness. And hopefully it's exciting, fun, and not too complicated. And I hope I don't slow things down because I haven't really messed with meta magic before. Ah, uh, meta magic. That's it. Yeah, but doing it on the computer. That's, oh yeah, you'll just create. That's my concern. Yeah, we we'll, we'll, we got that. I I know I know exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna have fireball listed in six different spell slots with different variables. Yeah, there it's gonna you go. be great. All right, Instead so of fireball, I'm gonna name it this, 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 and this. Fireball empowered, <laughs> fireball uh, intensified, fireball empowered, intensified, fireball maximum. Yeah, maximized, empowered. Right. What kind of firecaster uses fireball? Seriously. All right. Every one of them. Well, we'll get into okay. uh, your background here. So. Um, we're going to go back in time. So this is um, a couple of years ago, maybe two years ago. Years ago uh, you are a young gnome. You are a sorcerer, but you got enrolled to the academy. Uh, they like gnomes for their innate magic power. Uh, and the Academy of Corvosa is uh, one of the most, if not the most prestigious uh, school of magic in all of the Lord. And so you've gotten in there. Uh, now, one of the things that you'd like to do is, as a fam, as your family does uh, divinations and stuff, you you have a fascination with fire, but you also want it on your family. So occasionally, yes. on the uh, on the weekend, uh, when the academy students are released to actually go out into the city about once a week, uh, you would go out and try to make a little extra money uh, doing some harrowings for. Yes, and we're gonna we're gonna pick up on one of those days. So yes. you're out on the street, and uh, so you're out on the street, and lots of people um, going by hanging out, doing different things, shopping, so on. So as you're out there, you've uh, done a number of harrowings throughout the day, um, and you've made a little bit of money toward the end of the, end of the day now, and uh, a man walks up to and says... Oh, so you're doing harrowings then, eh? 
yes. Are you interested in knowing about your, your future at all? Of course. Go on, short stuff. Give me a reading. Uh, sure. Um, that will be going right. <laughs> right, I'll pay if it's good enough. Um, well, usually I charge first, but, you know, you seem like a very honorable gentleman. Why don't you come right in here and I'll get reading for you. Have you a guys, seat. You guys step aside. He sits down in the little barrel that you have set up. Cross room. Uh, start to, uh... Hmm. All right, so <laughs> you you draw cards and whatnot, right? That's how these things work? Well... Do you have anything on you that has a deep connection um, to you or or um, anything yeah. you're concerned about? Can you I'd... place that next to the cards? Absolutely. And he, oh, good. he pulls out a really odd uh, item. Uh, it's a key that's been, like, looks like it's been sharpened. Sets it down. Next. All right, then. All right. So what I do now is I need to embrace the key, and um, that will channel you into me, so that the cards can then channel you from me from you. Okay, then. That sounds and all so, mystical and spiritual. Let's of just course, have them. Yes. Okay, alright, so you just have to concentrate and close your eyes and I have the key and I'll start shuffling the cards and and make them into a nice square, perfect deck. This first card here is going to represent your past. Right. Oh my. And you can see it is the Tangled Briar. Um... Very interesting card to have from your past. Um, it it tells me that you've been. Your past well, what's is. What's it tell you? Well, very complicated. Almost like you've been tangled, as you can see, um, caught up in in something not either not lawful or, well, lawful, but. Uh, Maybe questionable. How about we say questionable? Con. No, I'm not I calling. Upstanding citizen. You may be upstanding. This is the past, and this is just the card. It does show me um, the shield here. Um, perhaps it wasn't a thing. Maybe it was just something that was very draining, draining of of your of you or your of your status that you had to get out of. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. You know, you're you're not too bad at this. Well, it's and remember, it's not just me. These are the cards that have been channeled from you and your key. And do they, uh, do they tell you my name as well? Uh, no, sir. I have not asked your name. <laughs> um, I try to keep it anonymous. And of course, the cards. Uh, that's usually something they don't go with. Um. Here, allow me to continue. This will, this second card is going to be your current state. Um, what's happening now with you? Um, oh, 
Oh, another interesting card. This is the crows. Ah. So it looks like they're gambling. Perhaps I'm um, gambling with my fate. Is that what you're saying? Uh, perhaps you are, but um, no, the crows represent um, more of the the neutral, but it seems like part of maybe what was priorly draining on your life um, in a negative way has continued to the current state. Now, this card does have um, the key symbol, interestingly enough, that this is the item that you brought. Um, perhaps it has a stronger reading, but the key is um, of dexterity and maybe your ability to get out of the predicament that you were in. In the oh. past, maybe you're currently able to uh, move around what happened, or or something like that. You know, yeah. Um, the crow is very wise, but again, hope you know, in a negative. I, uh, I you're saying that I can start a new life. That of course, mm -hmm. I can. I don't have to live in that situation in the tangly briaries. I can start a new life. That's what you're saying. Yes. Yes, you yeah. have the opportunity now that you can get out of it. Oh. Oh, this is... All right, what, what's my future hold there, son? Oh, the future card. Well, this hopefully will bring it all together and give you some insight into what will happen. Oh. Oh, my. Oh, this is quite the interesting card. It is uh, the idiot. Um, that is now, the, the man in dark clothing, kind of, the guy wearing darker clothing, he uh, mm -hmm. kind of scowls at you. You call me name. Now, now, not it does. The card does not represent you as the idiot. In the future. There might be an idiot, or a pansy of some sort, or something like that that you meet, or a situation that leads to that. Perhaps your past, going into your current and changing it, might lead to you getting out of it, and some idiot or something like that will fall perhaps and or, or say um but again it is 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 one of the more negative cards uh however it does have the symbol of the book um which can be a good sign perhaps you will outsmart the idiot perhaps that will be your adversary oh so okay i like the spin you put on this uh, he pulls out his coin pouch and sets two gold on the table, still cupping it with his hand. And so you say, the, the tangly briars I was having issues with in the past there, you, you're saying that I have the opportunity in the present to change them, and that yes. I might have a Ponzi to help get me out of it. Well, either to help get you out of it, or uh, as an adversary and... Perhaps you will outwit them. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You know, this was a really great thing. And he kind of, like, puts his hands up in the air. 
And he's like, this is fantastic. And he's like pretty excited about what it is. And, uh, you know, he uh, stands up and shakes your hand. And there's two gold left on the table for you, which is a little more than that, that going right there. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly mm -hmm. you hear uh, something. Oh, what is that? Behind you and you, you turn and some boxes have fallen over and a door has slammed and this and that and like you can see a guy a guy kind of stumbling around in the uh in the alleyway and oh turn back and the the man that you were doing the reading for is like also looking down the alleyway oh what's going on oh it must be what's all this commotion um, weird well I wonder if they need help. Some sometimes the drunks come down this alley. Um. Well, regardless, thank you so much. You've been really helpful. Oh, and can I have my key back? Of of course. Here. Oh, thank um, you so much. Can't get locked out, you know. No, uh, obviously right. You wouldn't want to get locked out. Well, thank you for your patronage, and you know, tell your friends. Have a great night. You too. And he, he walks off. Now you look back down the alleyway and see the man that caused the commotion there walking away, wearing a wide-brimmed hat, and I think there's a white feather. In it. And he kind of he kind of walks away. Um, and time passes. Uh, time passes by, and as uh as that happens, um. It's evening. It's nighttime. You're in your dorm room in the academy. Mm -hmm. A loud uh, knock comes at the door. Um, yes? It's the dean. Open up. Oh, the dean. Yeah, of course. I will open right away. Uh, as you open the door, uh, the dean is there. He's a kind of an aged wizard. Uh, long gray hair um says this is him and then he walks off and in come uh members of the crimson guard and they quickly nope. arrest you what what what's what is this what's going on gregorius why, why am i being under arrest gregorius fizz gregorius you're under you're under arrest for murder well, it's, it's Gregorius Reginald Fizzlewink III, and I have murdered nobody. Look, whatever your name is, you're under the arrest for murder. Your dagger was found at the crime scene. My dagger? Yes, what? you're an idiot to leave a monogrammed dagger at the crime scene. Well, I, it's been missing, but I never would have... I don't even know what crime scene you're talking about. I've never been to a crime scene. Yes, yeah, sure. And... Uh, you have the right to remain silent. If you choose to talk, we will use it against you. And um, uh, headmaster, you... what, what, what is this? Can they just take me? I, I didn't do anything. Gregorius, you're a promising student, but now, well, you were, I should say, you're expelled. <laughs> we can't have the academy wrapped up in this sort of nonsense. Expelled. My my family. 
no, that can't be. My family wouldn't be okay with that. They, they it, would throw me out. I, I would never do anything to, to, to be detrimental to that. The guard says, I, yes, I, your family probably wouldn't be happy with you being a murderer either. Well, I'm not a murderer. I didn't do anything like that. And as uh, they kind of pull you out and continued complaints come, but no ear finds the... They don't find any hold. Uh, you're thrown into the uh, into jail in Citadel Volshnik, Um where you await trial. About a month goes by uh, before you're able to get a hearing. And at the hearing, uh, they show your dagger covered in blood. It's the first time you've been able to see it. And it's been completely covered. It's covered in blood. A murder victim was a uh, uh, a young woman. Uh, and her boyfriend, perhaps? But those that's the murder victims. Uh, two of them. Both killed. Uh, being stabbed by your dagger. Oh, you... why, why isn't my family here to back me up? I I didn't do this. I, I don't understand. You have my... rec- you've received a letter from your family telling you that you are disowned from the family, getting wrapped up in such shenanigans. I, they've disowned me. They should be here, but they've disowned me. I don't get it. I didn't do this. Why would they think that happened? I don't understand. You give a, frankly, a poor defense, just continues saying you didn't do it, and your public defender um, does an okay job, but not great. Eventually, a guard is called to the stand. Now, this is not one of the arresting officers. Um, He gets called to the stand and sat down. He's uh, sworn in. And his name, uh, remember, it's Grau Sadaldu. Sadaldu. Officer Sadaldu. Sadaldo. What evidence do you come to bring? And he lays out um, your dagger. He says, uh... Uh, well, this here is the evidence that we need. How so? The killings were not done with this dagger. As, uh, as we see here through the wounds, they were done with a strange dagger, uh, like a jigsaw dagger or something like that. They were not done with a straight-edge dagger like this one here. This seems to have been planted, um, and unfortunately, during the last month, the real killer has managed to escape. See, see, that—that's evidence that I didn't do it. My my dagger isn't jigsaw-like at all. It's straight. It was <laughs> yes, planted. Yes, yes, we I'm know. Innocent. Gregorius, please be quiet, or you'll be held in contempt of court. Oh, I'm sorry. And, uh, the trial goes on. A name comes out. We think somebody framed Gregorius for this. And, uh, I think it may have been Gadrian Lamb. There's some minor evidences that point to Gadrian framing. Um, the trial's actually rather quick. With the evidence of the dagger couldn't possibly, your dagger couldn't possibly kill. Um, 
you're acquitted of the crime and your dagger is returned uh, being clearly not the murder weapon and you don't uh, after the after it you don't see Grau at all the the guard who exonerated you um, and uh, you're let go now unfortunately you've lost all credibility with the academy at this point also lost any ties with your family at this point and so you're left on your own in Corvosa luckily people in Corvosa love getting their stolen <laughs> and even though you yourself know that you're quite bad at it people still love getting their so you are able uh, to make it by uh, with uh Telling one day, uh, while telling a while telling a fortune, well, you've just told a fortune and you're reshuffling your deck, and suddenly a, uh, the deck you set it down and are waiting for the next one, and the wind kind of blows and flips a card over. <gasps> <clears throat> The card, the card that it it flips over is let me the card it flips over is called the juggler. Traditionally, you know that means that fate is on your side. And so uh, the juggler gets flipped over. Now, what's really interesting about that is that one, it's chaotic good, and two, um, it's it lands in the perfectly aligned position uh, where you typically do your horror reading. And Lastly, perhaps strange, it has writing on it. And this is what that writing. I know what Gadron has done to you. He has wronged me as well. I know where he dwells, yet cannot strike at him. Come to my home at Three Lancet Street at sunset. Others like you will be there. Gadron must face his fate, and justice must be done. Oh, this is amazing. How did... How did this some person... Uh, wow. Now, just, that to be, is... just to be clear, it was writing, read it, but it's written. It. Yes. Just to be, yep. <laughs> yes. The card doesn't talk at you. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Oh, that's was that. Oh, the what magic this person must have to to flip over that exact card in that exact way. Oh, I'm uh, this Gadrian Lamb has ruined me. I must go at sunset um, to see what this person has to say. He he can't get away. He can't get away with what he did to those two poor people and to me 
So you... This will be my first opportunity to get maybe get close to him. I have to take it. Just, I, I have to. People walking by in the street are staring at you as your model. Isn't that right, Hoot? Woo-hoo-hoo! -hoo. <laughs> uh, and so you're off to three Lancet Street this evening. Mm -hmm. We will pick it up with Thanks for playing, Chris, and uh, thank you guys out there for listening. We hope you enjoyed uh, getting to know Gregorius a 